Blog Talk Radio. Hey, good afternoon, Blog Talk listeners. This is your host, SC, again, coming in on this Saturday, December the 11th. Man, we're 14 days away from Christmas. You're talking about a year rolling out fast. The year's almost gone. Um, good things are going on, though, so I'm very excited. I've been working all week to make sure I bring you the information you need because this year will be over in uh, pretty much three weeks. It'll be done, and we'll be into the new year of 2011. Wow, exciting, very exciting. Well, a lot of things are going on in the news. Uh, I don't know if you paid any attention to it this week, but remember, I don't talk politics on the Legally Steal show. I only bring you issues that matter to your wallet. Uh, but one of the big things is going on. The president and the Republicans came to some type of deal, uh, kind of rattled the cages of the rest of the Democrats, and we don't know if it's going to be passed or not yet. And, of course, it has to do with your taxes because the increase, if the Bush-era tax cuts expire, your taxes will go up for the year 2011, where you will be filing that in 2012. So those are things that, you know, you need to be concerned about. And at this stage in point, uh, we're pretty much, of course, we're in a lame duck session. The Congress is in a lame duck session. So it's pretty much a done deal unless they can come up with a, a vote that will count. Otherwise, the tax cuts will expire. And you will start to realize it in 2012. may not seem like a long time off, but, of course, 2011 didn't seem like a long time either. And here it is again up on us. And I know you've been out. You've been spending money for the new year. Well, our guest today, uh, she'll be coming on at about 15 past, uh, is a noted CPA. She has been on um, several several media outlets and has written several articles, uh, been quoted in several articles, her name is Mrs. Gail Rosen, and she's out of New Jersey. She's a certified public accountant and has her own firm. Ms. Rosen's been practicing for about 28 years, um, being in it, and she's one of the few accountants that I have talked to over the last couple of weeks who actually loves what she does. So she's a professional at it and knows what she does. A good thing for you. Plus, we're going to be talking about uh, some issues today that if you didn't know, you may want to get your pen and pad out because Mrs. Rosen has some really good stuff uh, coming at you in reference to small businesses. Now, one of the things that we've noticed or I've noticed over the past year or so is the way the market has changed. It has changed so, dramatic, so <laughs> drastically that... What you see or what you used to hear when you were a child, I know I'm in my 40s, and the things that I used to hear was, you go and you get a good job, a good job with good benefits, and you work and retire after 30 years. Well, those days are gone. Those days are have, have, have just vanished. They're, they're no longer there. What we're seeing today is uh, a lot of companies, a lot of corporations have shifted focus 
and they've, if you will, tucked tail and headed out of the country. Why? Why are all the jobs going overseas, as you hear people say in that cliche? Well, they're going overseas because labor is cheaper. I'd rather pay the cost of shipping products than pay the American workers for uh, the manufacture of those products. Now, it's a true statement. I'm, you know, I'm not making this up. If you look at the jobs, you look at the companies, you have some of those that are here that are cornerstone companies, uh, i.e. your auto industry. Well, they're not going anywhere because you know, we have a big market here that buys their products, but it, it would cost a whole lot more to ship a car than it would a crate of clothes or widgets and, and, and small items like that. So those companies have decided to, you know, increase their bottom line or maintain their bottom line by going overseas and into Thailand, into China, um, into the Philippines, and put employees to work there with a whole lot lower labor cost to their bottom line. So these are things that... When I when I tell you that the job market, the job scene is changing, it will never be that again. Plus, we're no longer in the uh, industrial age. We haven't been in the industrial age in the last 15 years. Um, the age that we are following now, <clears throat> excuse me, is the internet age. We are, you know, the internet revolution has sprung, and it is in full swing, and it is happening now. So. New ideas are popping up, and if you can, if you can put yourself in that frame of mind, change your way of thinking, and set yourself on a course where you can be adaptable to change, and incorporate some of the things that you are seeing around you today, it can benefit you in the long run. I mean, <clears throat> those of you who Blog Talk listeners, um, show host. I remember 15 years ago, or say 10 years ago, when people were talking about internet radio and what internet radio was going to do to the market. Broadcast back then, internet radio, and mainly it was you know people playing music. Um, you know we don't want to talk about copyright infringement, or <laughs> but people playing music. And they had their own little radio station. This was a radio show, and this is what people could do to express themselves. Well, nowadays, I'm coming to you live on a Saturday, Internet radio. Uh, traditional radio is suffering right now because of Internet radio. Uh, people are able to put their message out to their audience and get a lot of feedback. And if you think I'm playing about the magnitude of where Internet radio is going, believe me, go to blogtalkradio.com. You don't even have to go to my show. Of course, we want you to go to the Legally Steal show. But go to blogtalkradio.com or any other talk radio uh, Internet platforms out there and watch what you see. You see a lot of advertisement going on. A lot of companies are taking their... Their uh, marketing dollars, their advertising dollars, and they're putting their dollars into the Internet format because social media is major right now. It is major, and I don't see it changing. I only see it, only see it getting better, not worse. For my industry, I see it getting better because the more chances that we have to express ourselves 
uh, as as consumer advocates uh, or, or consumer talk show hosts, well, it spreads our word to a bigger market. My show can be heard international. You go to a traditional radio show, and it's only heard within a certain demographics, uh, certain mileage range, because the the tower is only putting out so many watts. Well, with my show, uh, I have listeners who are in California. Uh, I have listeners who are in Canada, listeners in the Northwest, Northeast, Southeast, Central America. So my listening audience is growing, which means advertisers look at us now. They're starting to pump their dollars into Internet radio. Well, why am I saying this when we're talking about taxes? Well, I'm telling you that the job market has changed. And what you didn't see before, you see now. Well, here's the bottom line of where I'm going. Children are going to school right now. And they are majoring in those. And bear with me, of course, I want to do some shock value, but I want you to think more. They are majoring in antiquated fields, if you will. Just think. I don't want to point out any of the college courses, but... Some of those careers that uh, uh, you're going to school to learn, learn the knowledge behind, those jobs may not exist when you graduate. For the class that's coming out in, you know, 2014, you're going to see a totally different landscape in the job market. Um, The lady that I have coming on today, she's going to talk to you, we're going to talk to you about the small businesses and creating something where you can solidify your income. Now, believe me, nothing is wrong with education. I have a mired background in education, and I'm not stopping. Actually, in a couple of years, I'm looking at going to law school. I want to get my Jewish doctorate. Why? Do I want to practice law? No, I have no desire to be in a courtroom. I did 20 years ago, but not anymore. But I want to know business law. Why? Because I plan on doing business internationally. Corporate law, I want to know business, international corporate business law. So these are things that I'm doing to increase my exposure to the world. So those young college students out there that are listening, look at something and try to play. It's almost a gamble, but look into the future a bit. And try to plan your career around something or your your education around a career that's going to be benefiting you 20 years from now. Now, mine has been all over the place. Of course, my undergrad was in political science, which, you know, really gives me, it's kind of funny, because it took me 20 years to actually do something with my major in political science. What I'm doing now was the background for me taking political science as the background for what I'm doing now. Yes, I'm a public speaker. Well, political science aided that. Uh, Yes, I'm a writer. Yes, political science aided that. And when I get my Jewish doctorate, political science would have been really a great precursor to me going into law school. So I want you to, you know, listen up today, but take some of these things into consideration and look and see what's happening in your future and where the world is going. And you want to make sure that if you're going to spend thousands of dollars, because 
Education is a business. College is a business. If you're going to spend thousands of your dollars, I'm I'm not going to call them hard-earned yet because the government uh, contributes to a lot of that. So, um, you know, you want to make sure that that money is going where it needs to go. We have a caller. Caller, are you there? Yes, Gail Rosen. Hey, Gail, you called in a little earlier, but that's great. That is great. Just hang on just a second. One of the things, Gail, and I've been telling them about you and and a little bit about the landscape of the job market and where things are going and really impressing or trying to impress upon the listening audience that education is great. You cannot get around it. You need it to survive. But make sure that your education is going to provide you some type of skill set in the future for a job that may not be there or a job that you can create to carry yourself forward because the the Industrial Revolution is gone. It's no longer here. Jobs are overseas. And, um, you know, so that's one of the things that I'm putting out to the audience. But now that I have you on the air, it's even better because we're going to explore some of the some of the tax planning issues and different ways that individuals can actually uh, uh, be, make themselves aware and abreast of the new tax changes coming in and get ready for 2011. So without further ado, I want to welcome my special guest, Ms. Gail Rosen. Um, Gail, if you don't mind, tell the audience a little bit about yourself, and then we will go into questions. Gail? Look, I think we've lost her. Gail, are you there? Hello? Okay, no, I don't. Hey, Gail, there you go. Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm the, am I there? So, Good. Yeah, I, I yeah, have you're my here. own CPA so if you firm. Would, just tell us a little bit about yourself. Go ahead. Sure. I have my own CPA firm for over 28 years. been doing taxes even longer than that, but I work with people, whether they're an individual, a startup business, or a small business on their tax needs, basically helping them to pay the least taxes, but most importantly, helping them to sleep at night. Okay. Now, you say you've been doing this for over in 28 years in your own practice, correct? That's correct. Wow. Wow. So I actually like taxes. Before we go into uh, – say again – I actually like taxes. I'm one of the few people that I enjoy the topic. I enjoy saving people money legitimately. Well, you know, that's one of the things that I put out about uh, about you on the air is that you're one of the few CPAs that I have talked to in recent weeks who've been doing what they've been doing for the past 10, 15, 20 years that actually enjoy it. So I'm, you know, it's it's a great benefit to have you on the show because you have a passion for what you do. Exactly. Well, one of the things I want to I want to ask before we go into uh, the the uh, line of questioning and and get things prepared is you've been doing your own practice for 28 years. What inspired you to step out and do? <clears throat> do your own or start your own CPA firm and, and, and instead of working a job, if you will, at another firm or a staff accountant for another firm? Well, I started out as a staff accountant in 
a, a large firm and then a smaller firm. So I got my experience, which I think is truly essential for any entrepreneur. But then an entrepreneur, if you are one, starts to get frustrated within the corporate environment, and you want to do things <laughs> your way, and you and you, you yeah. have such a passion that you want to keep moving, and you just can't help yourself. So then I started my business slowly on the side while I was working for someone because I enjoyed it so much, and eventually built it up that I went on my own. Okay, okay. Now that is actually very good because, and I don't want to turn this into a, 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 a small business conversation, if you will, as far as how to run a small business. We're going to maintain the D tax focus, but it's interesting that you say, and I hear this from all entrepreneurs, um, as far as starting their business, how they did it while they were working for the and starting their business on the side, building up capital and uh, making their business successful. And I see that's the way that you did it. Very smart move because it's not the way that I did it, Gail. <laughs> <laughs> I got really irritated at my job, and I said, the heck with this, I'm out of here. E, not a good way to do it because I suffered financially for it. It made me work harder, but I suffered financially for it. And I would give anybody that advice. If you're going to start your business, maintain your attitude. Work that job while building your business on the side. Well, Gail, listen, with that being said, what are some of the what are some of the benefits, if you will, from a tax standpoint, of starting your own business? That's a great question because the people who have their own business get a lot of great tax benefits. When you work for someone, as many of, of the people out there do, we all start there at least, it's pretty frustrating exactly. that when you incur expenses at work, it's very hard to get a benefit on your tax return. Because well, employee like business expenses, employee business expenses you have to itemize, you have to more more than 2% of your income to deduct them. And if you're subject to alternative minimum tax, you don't get anything. So coming from a world where you can't get anything as an employee, all of a sudden you move over to the world of your own business, and you could deduct your expenses against your sales for federal purposes, for state purposes, okay. for Medicare, and for Social Security. So you could get to reduce all of those taxes by your legitimate business expenses. So that's pretty exciting. And you could deduct all, all ordinary and necessary business expenses. And that includes auto mileage, home office, if you have a, a dedicated space in your house that's strictly for business, you could deduct that percentage of your home, and therefore you're deducting expenses that you're already paying for. So it's wonderful and legitimate. So you're talking. So so hold on. So so you're saying living in your home, if you're working, um, say you have a room designated in your home that's your home office. Starting your own business, you can use that as a as a write off. Yes, if it's if it's strictly used for business, that space or room, you could take that percentage of your rent, utilities. Um, homeowners insurance, mortgage insurance, taxes, if you own your own home, you could write off the cost of your home, 
it, it's a wonderful legitimate deduction if you have a space that's dedicated exclusively for business. Wow. Wow. Now that's pretty interesting. I knew I knew <clears throat> from being a small business owner that there are some things that I can do um and of course, you know, the first thing pops in my mind is of course meals and entertainment. I do a lot of business lunches and this is of course when I first started, but I do a lot of business lunches and um you know, do some type of entertainment or do travel and those were things that immediately popped in my mind as I started into the world of entrepreneurism, and why it was enticing for me to start a business because I could write off some of those things. And then as I grew, I learned about mileage and I learned about a lot of other things. So this is very good. So basically... Yeah, you can't have another office, though. So if you have an office and only have something in your home for your own convenience, that wouldn't be a deduction. So we're talking about a lot okay. of people who are starting off and only have a home office. But like okay, you said, there's many things available. Good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, the listen, entertainment is great. Today, yeah. <laughs> today is December the 12th. And let's say that I have been all year, I've been working on my job, but I've been doing some things off on the side but I never incorporated my business, Um, would now be a good time to incorporate my business? And if I do, what are some of the things that I could use as a deduction, if I can, up until now or up until the end of the year? Okay, that's a great question that has a lot of parts. (laughs) (laughs) So let me take them step by step because I'm an accountant. Okay. The first thing is, until you have your first customer, your first legitimate customer and your first sale, you cannot deduct any expenses you incur in starting your own business. So, yeah, that's another thing is people come into my office, a new client, they go, Gail, I'm so excited to do my taxes. I spent $10,000, you know, to start a business. And I would say, did you have a sale yet? No. Well, you've got to hold those expenses and then you could deduct them once you start a business. So if it's today, you know, it's December, you know, and you have 20 days left in the year, 21 days left in the year, mm-hmm. try to really get a sale before the end of the year and start your business because then you could go back and deduct all your startup expenses. Um, the first 10000 they just passed a law that you could deduct the first 10000 startup expenses in the first year rather than amortize them over 15 years if you have a customer. Wow. So wow. that's really okay, a benefit. Okay, okay. So, well, that's great because so let's say I go out Monday morning and I get a sale. Remember, I've been doing my business the whole year and I get a sale on Monday morning. You're telling me that because I started my business, say, in February of this year, I can I can write off stuff back up until February because I did have a sale, or is it is it retroactive? Yeah, well, any expenses you incurred, you you're holding. So if you had come and seen me as an accountant and you paid me a year ago, you were you couldn't deduct that until you had a sale. So yes, now you can go back and say, yeah, I had gone and seen a CPA. Now I could deduct it because I'm, I have a legitimate business, and you could write them off of wow. the startup. Um, 
clause I told you about that the IRS passed to help. It was part of the Small Business Act that just passed. Exactly. Well, I'll tell you what, one thing I do want to do is I want you to, and of course, this is this is my, when I put out information to the audience, I want to make sure that they're getting a real grasp of everything that we talk about on the show. And because you're a CPA, please explain the importance of why you exist. I think it's... I'm prejudiced. I mean, I think everyone needs a good CPA, especially as your as the economy gets a little crazier. Things are complicated. I mean, whether you have a business or refinance during the year or job hunting expenses, everything. You know, as the tax law becomes more complicated, sometimes funny we call it the Accountant's Retirement Act. <laughs> because <laughs> I mean, it gets so complicated. How could anyone? navigate themselves and do things right and get everything they're entitled to without a professional. I mean, I think I, I think there's certain I things concur. you should spend money on. And I think that especially especially people who start a business, you need to understand yeah. the tax law and what you're legitimately entitled to. And you know, as I said, so you could, you know, take it and also sleep at night. Oh, I, listen, I agree. I actually had, um, probably about 10 years ago, I was actually audited by the IRS. And, um, yeah, it was not a good feeling. <laughs> no. And, but I can tell you this. It, one of the things that actually drew me into an audit, and just a little piece, and then we'll go into the the whole point of why I'm bringing that up. One of the things that drew me into an audit was, I had more deductions um, than I had income, and of course that sent up a red flag. And we'll talk about, you know, we'll touch bases on that in a second. But having that audit, this is what it told me: no one's taxes are right. The IRS only has degrees of allowability, and why a CPA or an accountant is so important especially when you're doing a business, because as an individual individual business owner, I'm concentrated on making money. I'm not concentrated on the support stuff that goes on in my, in my business, as I should be. So the IRS was something that was way in the back of my mind until I got that letter for an audit. So I think it is very, very extremely important audience that when you start a business, and of course, I'm going to put all of Gail's information on our blog, and so you can go there and check it out, and that's uh, legallysteal.blogspot.com because we have that pertinent information for you there. But definitely, uh, once this call is over, you know, we only do an hour a week, but Gail is there every day, of course, during the weekend. She's off. I actually begged and twist her arm to to come off for this, for this weekend. But I'm going to put her information there. And by all means, send her information, send her request to find out what you need to do as a, you know, if you're thinking about starting a business so you can get things going. So, but Gail, no, I, I again, I appreciate you for being on the show. And I think that it's very important of uh, the call for CPA. Now, of course, I got a couple more questions I got to throw at sure. you. You ready for them? I, I'm Good. ready. <laughs> um, if you will, 
it kind of explains some of the advantages uh, um, that an individual will have with, you know, and this is kind of a two-part question, but individuals' credit advantages they have by um, getting their, you know, incorporating with the IRS as well as what are some of the best or recommended business structures. And I know that, you know, anytime you contact the Secretary of State, they won't give you any information. They'll say you need to contact an attorney or a CPA. But if you would just touch on that a little bit, I know everybody's situation is different, but give them a little information of what may be the best or the recommended business structure for an individual to start. That's a great question because it is confusing. There's really six structures, so how confusing is that? You could be a sole proprietor, (laughs) a partnership, an LLC sole proprietorship, an LLC partnership, an S-Corp or a C-Corp. So it's important you make a good decision. I'll yeah, give you, you the bottom me a line. Bunch of things. Right. It's <laughs> okay. For small businesses or startup businesses. Okay. Basically, an S corp or a C corp are ver- are more expensive to begin, to maintain, and to mm-hmm. end. You pay extra taxes, extra payroll taxes for unemployment and disability on yourself, and in many states you pay extra corporate taxes. So unless you need okay. to incorporate because you need the structure of a corporation or the customer requires mm-hmm. you to be a corporation, I basically mm-hmm. avoid that for a lot of startup businesses because you could always switch okay. later to a corporation from any of the other structures, but once you're a corporation, right. the IRS won't let you out of it. You can't go to an LLC oh, or okay. the other things. So, so you, can, you can go up, but you can't go down, if you will. Exactly. So okay. a lot of my yeah, clients. Yeah, listen. I think we got a. Gail, okay. I think we yeah. got a caller. Hang on just a second. Sure. Let's see if they have any questions. Caller, you're on the air. If you would state your name and let us know where you're calling from. Hello, caller. Okay. Well, we will try that. We'll try that again. Okay, Gail. I apologize. No problem. If you would continue on. I'll go back to it. So for most small businesses, what I recommend is you start with mm-hmm. being um, – most people end up being picking to be a LLC, which is a limited liability company. And that's okay. all it is, is is the same thing as a sole proprietor or a partnership, but you kind of LLC it, and you get the same mm-hmm. tax deductions. You easily could start or end it, but you do get some liability protection and it's usually most states it's not expensive to be in a limited liability company. Okay. Now, just in a second, I want to touch on those on the uh, liability. <clears throat> Basically, because I've been in business for a while, and the way I receive it from my attorney is this. As a sole proprietor, yes, you have a business structure going. However, if you do something in your business, and you get sued for it, pretty much everything is tied to your personal assets, whereas a limited liability company will give you some level of protection in your personal assets. Now, is that is that correct? That's exactly correct. I just want to enter, put in a caveat, is that any good attorney okay. could, mm-hmm. could probably, like, pierce the LLC's shield 
So, yes, you should be an LLC to make it that much harder for someone, but everyone should also be able to spend the money for good insurance and not assume that the LLC is going to protect them that much. So, yes, do it because why not and make it that much harder, but don't assume it's going to be there for you all the time. Don't think it replaces liability insurance. Good point. Very good point. Uh, It's just like... Honestly, I equate it to, like, renting an apartment. It's not my building. I'm renting the apartment. However, I need rental insurance just in case the apartment burns down and all of my um, personal stuff goes up with it. I'll have some level of protection there for me. Great analogy. So, hey, I think it's it's (laughs) a very, very smart thing. So here are the six structures of business. Okay, and yeah, it's you know it's enough confusing stuff, which is why CPAs are so important. Thank you, Gail, for doing what you do, because it's enough to you know burn up a couple of brain cells in trying to get it done. Um, but I call in, or or I will contact the IRS. Well, I tell you what, let's do this. I'm I'm going to let you answer that question. Um, as far as the difficulty in starting a small business. How difficult is it? Because I'm, I'm a novice. I have no idea. I want to do something, but how difficult or how easy is it? Okay, good question. The first step, I think, is to make sure you you, you could afford a good professional. Okay? If, you, okay? if you're looking for a good accountant, just make sure that they service the kind of clients that are similar to your needs. You know, they're familiar with your state law and you you feel comfortable with, you like them. And then they're going to okay. help you become an entity. You'll pick it. Let's say you pick an mm-hmm. LLC. Then register right. with the federal government for taxes, get a federal okay. ID number, register with your mm-hmm. state set you up on a program to keep track of your sales and expenses, a good program like QuickBooks that's inexpensive and easy to use, and then make sure that you know your tax responsibilities. You have to pay estimated taxes. You might be liable for sales and use tax, and anything else like payroll taxes for employees, et cetera, reporting requirements for independent contractors, a lot. So you have to have someone who teaches you how how to... Make sure that you keep up with your responsibility because you want to find out later that you didn't do something that you had to do. Now, you do all of this in your practice, correct? Correct. Okay, well, audience... That's what I specialize um, in, right. Listen, exactly. She specializes in it, and take it from me. I've gone the hard route because, you know trying to save a buck here and save a buck there and decided to do a lot of things in my earlier years on my own. And I realized, yes, I could do it, but the amount of money and frustration that it cost me personally to get it going, I would have saved money by bringing on a qualified accountant or CPA to have handled that information for me and made sure that I had a nice, neat little folder because, see, this goes beyond just starting your business. Every business owner out there that starts a business, 
Well, he has to get some type of capital, some type of credit for the company. Well, I'm sure that when Gail puts your file together, you will have a nice, neat folder that when it comes time for you going to the bank to open an account or get or establishing credit, you will have a nice binder that has all of your information in it, and it makes it easier for the bank because if they look at that, they can say, hey, this person took the time and paid the money to get their stuff together. So it's much easier, and they are a better credit risk to give credit to than someone in that comes in here with a manila folder and their papers are all over the place. Yeah. yeah, what do you think about that? Yeah, it always yeah, and you have to get another person's point of view. I honestly think that one of the most satisfying things that I've done as as a professional is when people put together that folder for the bank. A lot of times they have projections about their business and and what they expect in sales. And sometimes the people are unrealistic. Um, you know, yeah. you always believe that people promise you business that sometimes doesn't happen. And also, mm-hmm. I help people to be more realistic, figure out their break-even points, and also figure out sometimes the people undercharge themselves in the beginning because they just want to get a sale. And they don't, and then they're never going to make a profit because they're just charging too little. So when you go into business, you really have to take the time to do a good business plan to figure out what is a fair charge for my service, will I make enough money, will I have enough money to finance and get this business going, if not, will someone lend it to me? These are all questions that you really should do your due diligence, not on the back of a napkin if you can, <laughs> but really... <laughs> In advance, while you before you jump into it. Exactly, and these are things that that your service provides, correct? Yeah, a lot of them. Some in conjunction with with, you know, I work with a lot of bankers. Um, I've mm-hmm. actually been doing a lot of business with credit unions these days. Um, uh, big business. Oh, Gail, stop it! You touch my okay. heart when you say credit unions. Okay, I won't even go. <laughs> you, yeah, no, 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 no. That's oh, a good okay. thing. That's a good thing because I, I, I have I, I have a, I have a deep background. <laughs> I did a show a couple of uh, probably a month or so ago. It was on the benefit of credit unions. Oh, okay. And I talked, yeah, I talked big of credit unions. And right now, we actually the Legally Steel Show is actually um, putting together a a program, uh, a proposal in conjunction with a major credit union here in Tampa uh, for a big promotional campaign next year. Starting out in starting out in, the, in in late January, so I I am real I'm a real big proponent of credit unions, and I would love to see, especially with what you're doing, getting involved and getting businesses set up, and you're working with credit unions. Oh That's yeah, I find they're the plus. best so, for for small businesses or or many businesses. Uh, well, we could, I'm sure we could talk about that for hours, but yes, I've been. Gail, you're just going to be a fan of mine, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> well, we're both entrepreneurial. We're in the entrepreneurial world together. Exactly, exactly. And I tell you, um, working in stuff. Yeah, well, here's a here's a very important question. Now, I've seen all type of stuff on TV about you know get your business going. You know, I, we can set up, we can incorporate you anywhere in the U.S. Are are you just focused on New Jersey, or can you? structure a company 
in, say, Georgia? Well, a lot of – I don't actually do the structuring of the company because that's the lawyer's point. But, yeah, I think you're best off actually using a CPA who's familiar with the state rules. So, yes, I – if someone called me from Georgia, I probably wouldn't be their best choice because I don't know Georgia rules, okay. et cetera. So I know certain states, um, but you're better off but using those a CPA or an, att- and an attorney from your from your state or someone who's familiar with, with your state rules. Well, especially what are your if you're states? starting off. I like it. Well, anytime I have a guest and they take the time out of their day to come on my show. I want to make sure that we can maximize things for them. What are your states that you deal with? I mean, our show is really heard all over the country. Okay. Well, obviously New Jersey. That's where I'm from. So that's my favorite state. Right. (laughs) Um, I do know New York. And for businesses that have – people have been in business for a while and they're already set up, like, for instance, you're in Florida, but, you know, I have a lot of clients in Florida, people who have started here and moved down there. So they're already in business. You know, Florida doesn't have many state taxes, so that's kind of yeah. easy. So you know, states like that make it. Yeah, expensive. but yeah, they get yeah, right, but they, they get us everywhere else. I know that. I know that. <laughs> you have to have to make a living. Exactly. <laughs> so New York, New Jersey, that's good. Right. Great, great. Well. um, you know, one more thing, the procedures to get in touch with you. Give us your information, best way to get in touch with you. And, of course, I'm going to put that information on our blog because I want people to get in touch with you. I want people to ask and send you questions. Uh, and any any questions that I get, I'm going to make sure I forward them to you because you're the CPA. I'm just the radio guy. <laughs> <laughs> you do a good job. Um, my email is <laughs> grosen at gailrosencpa.com. And you can visit my website at gailrosencpa.com. And that's G-A-I-L-R-O-S-E-N? Correct. Okay, gailrosencpa.com. Correct, thank you.
I think I lost Gail, uh, but I'm definitely going to put her information out there. I wanted to have her talk to me about the, you know, the intimidation factor of the IRS. So we will, I'll talk about that. Now, next week, next week, we're going into the financial planning phase, okay? I'm going to have um, a couple of guests on uh, that's talking about the financial planning. Hopefully, you did not spend all of your money on, I know we want to get the economy moving, but hopefully you didn't spend all of your money on Christmas, um, on things you may not need, and that you'll be able to put some of that money in some type of 401k or IRA before the end of the year. Now, that's a question that I did not ask Gail, but next week I can guarantee we're going to ask this question. What is the time limit uh, for you putting money into one of those um, accounts, retirement accounts that I talked about? Because you want to start building for your future. Now, Gail gave out some really good information, and I, you know, I, I, I probably, well, I create myself or do a lot of research to make sure that when I put information out, I know what's going on. Now, one of the things that she touched upon, which is very important, is you have to make a sale. Now, if you're doing something on the side on your business and you believe in what you're doing, a lot of us have already made a sale, which is, you know, the whole point of us starting our own business um, and not just coming up with these great ideas, but we've actually put it in motion and actually put a sale together. Now, one of the things that I will suggest is for your business, create some type of retainer agreement or some type of contractual agreement for your business services because once you once that person or your customer signs that contract, that's a legitimate sale and one that you can actually show because you're keeping records, even though you know, you're going to match it up with your deposits in your business account but you're going to have that sale on your books just in case uh, as you get started in business and the IRS wants information from you to prove that you actually made a sale that year, you will have a viable contract with your customer as well as yourself. Um, another thing is once you get your tax ID number and you get yourself set up with the Secretary of State, and as Gail put it, she does not do the incorporations, um, she will let an attorney do that, but it's 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 fairly simple to start your business up. Contact your state secretary, state's office, and find out what you need to do to get the documents. And sometimes it's really not expensive. I know down here in Florida, um, for a corporation, it's like 150 bucks uh, a year, and for an LLC, I think 70 or 80 dollars. Now, you're talking about $70 or $80 that will work to your benefit when it comes to um, doing your taxes. Now, let's go back and touch on something she said, which was really important. As far as up to $10,000 your first year, uh, immediate write-off and it not being amortized. Now, what does that mean? Uh, basically, if you have put money into your business, in which every small business owner does, they put money into their business, well, that first $10,000 that you put in there, you can write it off of your entire tax bill. It goes it goes down as a write-off. So most people, if you're going to start an LLC, it's going to have something called pass-through taxation. Most of it, you can opt for that. And basically, you are taxed on your 
Your business income is taxed on your individual tax bracket. And basically, it's filed on your regular 1040. Now, I'm telling you these things because I know these things for sure. Uh, years ago, I, for you new listeners, I used to have a firm that I actually structured companies uh, for individuals. So on on with that in saying, by it being passed through taxation, then it's going to be taxed on your individual tax bracket. So if you're working for, you still have your job, if you will, but you have your consulting business on the side, and you have taken your income from your job and put money into your business to the tune of, say, $10,000, that first year you can write off that entire $10,000 according to what Gail is saying that the IRS has passed. That's a major, major benefit for you. Now, once you start getting into your um, your AMT, your alternative minimum tax, that's when, you know, you, you definitely need to consult with the CPA. I don't know anything about that. I talk with my CPA about things like that. And, you know, he's constantly advising me. So you definitely want to get with a CPA. And for the um, for the listeners that are definitely in the New Jersey and New York area, make sure you look up Gail Rosen. She's, I know it's Gail Rosen cpa.com look her up um i really enjoyed having her on the show and she and i have been talking pretty much all week or the last two weeks about her coming onto the show and you know when you find somebody who loves what they do and they've been doing it for 28 years and that's just her own practice she's been actually at it i think over 32 years that's a long time and gail is not an old woman Okay, so that tells you somebody she somebody that loves what the, she's somebody that loves what the, what she does in her practice, and it can benefit you as a consumer by taking her on and you know allowing her to do your taxes. So definitely, for my listeners in New York and New Jersey, look up Gail. It'll really be a good idea and a best you know a really good choice that you can make. Um, back on to back on to the benefit of a small business. Now, I was talking about, I think I mentioned while Gail was on the radio, of those Starbucks, you know, coffees. You know, a lot of us have meetings in the mornings. Uh, I know when I was in Atlanta, uh, Starbucks Starbucks was the best meeting place you could have. You didn't have your office or you wanted to meet a client, you meet them in Starbucks. Well, when you're meeting there and you're writing, you know, you're buying coffee, you're buying coffee for your guests or you're meeting them for business lunch, well, if you've been doing that all through the year, you've made sales, but you hadn't incorporated your business. Incorporate your business before the end of the year, before the end of this year, 2010. Because once you do that, and you remember you've made a sale, you can now write off all of that stuff that you did that you can't do on your job because you're an employee, but as a as an independent contractor or a small business owner, you can write all of that stuff off on your taxes, and it will do you a, a a great deal of benefit by writing that writing those um those deductions off on your taxes. So there are a lot of little things, and of course, go to the IRS's website. It's uh, you know of course www.irs.gov, and we'll have all these links and everything on our blog after the show. But you'll be able to click on them and find out information you need to know about starting your own business. And I suggest, as I was telling you before Gail came on the show, 
things are really changing. I suggest you start your own business now. Now, it's here's another reason why you should start your business now. We talked about taxes. Taxes are great. But any time, this is something very important, most businesses need to have minimum of two years, two years in good standing with the state before any creditors will normally give them credit for their business. So think about that. You plan on retiring or leaving your job in two years, right? You're going to go off and you're going to start your own business. Why not start your business now? Even though you're not doing any taxes or doing any business in your business, your business can be on the books and set up with the state for two years by the time you are ready to leave your job and, and start your own thing. Well, with that, you'll actually be able to build credit for your business. And let me tell you, let me tell you, there's not a lot of credit entities out there for your business. But come the first of the year, we only have one more show left for this year because Christmas is, of course, on a Saturday and so is New Year's. Uh, and I don't plan on you listening to the Legally Steal show. I would love it if you did. But chances are I'm going to be with my family. I want you to be with your families. So come the first of the year, we're going to have a guest on who concentrates on small business, building small business credit, as well as individual credit. Because, you know, once you get into it, and let's say you want to go out and make a major purchase of above a half a million dollars, because your business is growing, you got a great niche, everything is hunky-dory. Well, by the time you get above a half a million dollars in loan requests, then your credit, your personal credit needs to be perfect as well. Well, this company that I'm going to bring on, they will do both. They will take one officer from the company as well as bill your business credit and the officer's credit at the same time because once you get above a half a million, you're going to need a guarantor for any uh, any type of loans, business loans that you get. So, of course, that's coming up after the turn of the new year. And as I, as I mentioned to Gail, we are working with a major credit union here in Tampa um, to put on a, a, a campaign um, during the first of the year or starting the first of the year, latter part of January. So definitely we got good stuff going on, and I really do appreciate you. Also, I want to tell you that I, I want to send a big thanks thanks out to all my listeners because what is happening is our show is definitely growing, growing in popularity. Uh, and I, I want to continue to put on topics that you want to hear as a, as a listener, things that matter in your life. So definitely keep doing what you're doing and always, always, always refer a friend. Tell somebody else to listen in to the Legally Steal show because we want to give them the knowledge and skills as well, like we're giving it to you. So definitely a big thanks out for that, big kudos, and um, tune in next week. Remember, our email address is the show, that's T-H-E-S-H-O-W, at LegallySteal.info. You can always uh, send us, drop us a line there. Or you can check out our blog. Our blog is legallysteal.blogspot.com. And uh, definitely check us out. Drop us lines there. And, of course, I hadn't said anything to you lately about the book, but the book is doing well. 
the book is doing well, and we really do appreciate that. And one of the things that in this deal that we're putting together uh, with the credit union is a major, major purchase of the book. So that's going to be big for the show as well. That's going to give us a little bit more exposure because uh, come the first of the year, of course, budgets are down now. But come the first of the year, we're looking at bringing on some some advertisers as well as starting our local show in the traditional market. So these are things that, you know, talking about the show, but it's it's only building the show so we can continue to give you what we give you, the listening audience. And like I said, always, always much love and appreciate it. Uh, Definitely stay tuned. If you're not following us on Twitter, that would be a good thing to do as well because during the week I can drop you – little excerpts through this program through Blog Talk Radio. It's called Cinch, uh, where I can send out 30, 35-minute, uh, I'm sorry, 30, 35-second recordings of different things that are going on. So uh, definitely, we're on Twitter at Legally Steal. Not Legally Steal Show, but Legally Steal. So that's on Twitter. Definitely look us up there. And as always, uh, it's been great. I plan on having you some really exciting guests next week, as I plan on doing every week from here on out, getting you real knowledge, real applicable knowledge that you can apply in your life now, not down the road, not these big pie in the sky. I care about the individual consumer. I'm a consumer advocate, and that's my goal. So as always, it's been real Love doing the show. Love have you listening in. And as well as those that don't have an opportunity to listen in live, I thank you for going back and listen, listening to our archive shows or listening to the show after it's been uh, put on iTunes. So we have a lot of information that you can pull and continue to keep doing what you're doing and always recommend a friend. They need the information like you do. Well, this is SC. I'm signing off for this Saturday November, I'm sorry, December the 11th, (laughs) I'm signing off, but as always, my job is to give you the knowledge and skills to legally steal your next purchase. All right, see you next weekend. Peace.